Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to the 10th episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. Today, we'll be talking about the Atlanta Hawks Super Bowl road trip, the All-Star break, and what Hawks are participating in what events during the weekend. And finally, we'll talk about the upcoming trade deadline. The trade deadline is February 7th, this Thursday, and we'll talk about potential Hawks that could be moved and what other moves are going around in the league. Without any further ado, let's get right into it. The Hawks are getting ready to finish the seventh game on this seven-game road trip up in Washington, D.C. against the Washington Wizards. The previous six games, they've won three of the games and they lost three games. They beat the Bulls, the Clippers, and the Phoenix Suns, and they lost games against the Portland Trailblazers, the Clippers, and the Utah Jazz. At the beginning of this road trip, if you had told me that the Hawks would go three and four or four and three, that would be a huge win. I would say that's probably the best case scenario going into this road trip. Of course, the Hawks are having to take this road trip with the Super Bowl being in Atlanta. And unfortunately, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. But anyway, getting back to the Atlanta Hawks, they started off the road trip really strong going into Chicago and really taking care of a team that they're much better than. They beat the Chicago Bulls 121 to 101, and then they went up to Portland to face the Trailblazers. Uh, this Portland game was very close uh, going in through three quarters. The Hawks kind of had control of this game, and then in the fourth quarter, the Hawks kind of let the game slip away from them. The Portland Trailblazers did not have Damian Lillard, their all-star, playing for them, but C.J. McCollum kind of did what you would expect him to do without uh, Dame and had a massive game, really taking control of the game in the fourth quarter and locking it down where the Hawks were not able to get a W. Um, the next game, the Hawks went into uh, L.A. and played the Clippers, who are not only are in the West Coast, but who are challenging for a playoff spot in the West Coast. And the Hawks had had a really frustrating game against the L.A. Clippers in Atlanta. They had kind of kept the game close the entire time and if not had the lead for much of the game. And then the Clippers had sort of just worn the Hawks down and won the game in Atlanta. And many of the Hawks talked about how that was a game they thought they should have won in Atlanta and to get another opportunity to play this team um, was something, a game they were looking forward to on the calendar. And they really came out and played that way. Um, they took the lead from the beginning and, uh, Trey and John Collins were just playing very, very well. And then as you'd expect, the Clippers made their charge and, um, were able to get back into the game. And of course, in the fourth quarter, uh, the Clippers went to their closer and Lou Williams to try to close this game out. And the Hawks, you had to be really impressed about the way they were able to, um, hold it together and Trey and John Collins really finished the game. Um, John Collins ended the game tying his career high in points with 35 and Trey had a very big three at the end of the game that sort of iced the game and the Hawks ended up winning that game 123 to 118. Following that great game and that really that great win, the Hawks really laid an egg against the Sacramento Kings. I don't know what it is about the Sacramento Kings 
But after really blowing the Hawks out in Atlanta at the farm, they did it again um, in Sacramento. They were really led by their two young bigs in Harry Giles and Marvin Bagley. And John Collins and Dwayne Dedman really could do nothing to stop those two young players inside. And any time that the Hawks would seem to get the lead to a manageable amount, and by manageable I even mean within 10 points, uh, the Kings had an answer. Um, Usually it was one of the young guys and Harry Giles, but their uh, sharpshooting forward, uh, Bogdanovich, who is a younger player who's come over, hit some threes, and also um, Yogi Ferrell, had a really good game for the Kings, which is not something I would have thought about saying. But Yogi Ferrell is the backup point guard. De'Aaron Fox, who had his first career triple-double against the Hawks in Atlanta, really didn't have that good of a game. But it wasn't needed as Yogi Ferrell more than filled in for his shoes. And um, Harry Giles and Marvin Bagley really made it difficult on John Collins specifically to get anything going. Um, Trey Young ended up having a pretty good game. I think he had 26 points and his usual eight assists or something like that. But no one else on the Hawks was really able to get going. And um, one thing in basketball that you see is once a team gets rolling, and especially once a team gets about a 10-point lead or some sort of cushion like that, the role players start to get comfortable on that team. And um, some players on the Kings that that uh, speaks to are Naminia Belalitsa and... Um, Iman Shumpert, and even Justin Jackson, um, players who you normally wouldn't think of as amazing players or players who are knockdown shooters at all. I mean, um, but if they have confidence and if they have a lead, you do not want to leave those guys open. And they took advantage of the Hawks really um, not putting up any sort of resistance on defense. And the Hawks ended up losing that game 113 to 135. And It was kind of frustrating to have such a good game against the Clippers, who I think are a better team than the the Kings, excuse me, and for the Hawks to come out a little flatter against the Kings than they did versus the Clippers. But on a long road trip, you're going to have games like that, and the road did not get any easier for the Hawks. They ended up having to go to Utah and um, play the Jazz, who got blown out by the Portland Trailblazers the night before. So they were looking to get some revenge and um, they really took control of the game from the beginning of the game. The Jazz are a very good defensive team. Again, they're in the Western Conference. All these teams that the Hawks are playing, except for Chicago, are in the Western Conference. And their Jazz are trying to get back into the playoff uh, scene. And Ricky Rubio had a masterful game against the Hawks. Again, it was a little bit like the um, Kings game where the Jazz got ahead early in the game and the Hawks were always coming back. And any time the Hawks put together a little bit of a run or it looks like there'd be a little chance for the Hawks to get some momentum, Ricky Rubio um, really did a good job of having the team calm down and score some points. Um, And the Hawks were unable to overcome that and ended up falling to the Jazz 128 to 112. Um, Finally, 
in their last game over on the West Coast, the Hawks got to play the Phoenix Suns. And, of course, one aspect of this matchup is the Suns center DeAndre Ayton was the number one overall pick this year. So to see Trey go against Phoenix and DeAndre Ayton, it was a little interesting. And another side note in this matchup is Trey Young and John Collins have been compared a little bit to as a remix of Amare Stoudemire and Steve Nash. Now, if John or Trey can become even half of the players that Amare and Steve Nash were in their careers, that would be amazing. But uh, Trey and John did a good job of carrying the team to victory against the Suns. Um, Trey had another massive game, especially really coming on in the fourth quarter where he had 16 points and John Collins had a, a, a big game as well. And the Hawks were able to take a game where they really weren't playing too well. They let the Suns hang around the entire game. And of course, any team with Devin Booker is not going to be out anything. And the Hawks really locked down the fourth quarter. And for them to come out of Phoenix with a win, a 118-112 to win, was really big and allowed them to finish that West Coast swing with a 3-3 and record and go into this game against the Wizards with a chance to come out over 500 on this road trip. Now, over the six games, the Hawks um, have allowed the other... Well, they're, they're averaging 116 points a game. They're shooting 47% from the field and 35% from three-point land. Um, They're also averaging 25 assists and 17 turnovers. Um, In the past, we've talked about how anytime the Hawks can have under 10 turnovers a half is progress for them. And I really think on this road trip, you've seen Trey kind of take a step forward. Now, all of these teams we've played against have not been amazing defensive teams. So to stack up good stats against the Bulls and the Phoenix Suns isn't amazing, but it is encouraging to see the progression that Trey continues to make, especially on the road. Um, over this time, Trey has been averaging 32 minutes a game. He's shooting um, seven and a half. He's making seven and a half shots on 15 shots per game, and he's making three threes out of eight threes that he's taking every game and he's averaging nine assists. Um, And those nine assists come against three turnovers. So that three to one turnover ratio is really good. That's where you want your point guard to be Um, earlier in the season and kind of up to now, he's been hovering around that seven and a half assists per game and four turnovers. If he can get it to nine and three, you can't ask for more than that. Um, As it is, Trey is already the number eight, uh, on the assist leaderboard. And if he can keep improving, you know, that's, these are numbers that rookies don't normally have. Rookie point guards generally come in and are bad. And over this, this six game stretch, Trey has been a positive when he has been on the court. Um, going down to the rest of the Hawks fledglings, John Collins played 28 minutes a game in this six game series, uh, six game stretch. He is averaging 22 points and 7.8 rebounds. Um, he's shooting almost 50% from three. He's shooting, he's making 1.83s on four attempts a game and one assist. Um, Kevin Herter, if there's one player who's kind of taken a little bit of a step back, it'd be Kevin Herter. He's only averaging 26 minutes a game and 
He's only shooting the ball nine times. Um, I know Coach Pierce has really talked about wanting to encourage Herter enough to get – he wants him to get his shots up. And an encouraging part of Herter's game is he's now taking some deeper threes and creating for himself. But I'd see him – I'd like to see him be even a little bit more aggressive shooting the ball. Um, he's having a little trouble finishing around the rim, and I think he's going to have to get used to – contact down by the hoop because he, he is getting getting to the basket and he started to show a little bit more ball handling capability than I initially thought about him but um, I think that his field goal percentage is going to go up but I would like to see him shooting around 14 to 16 shots a game um, you know Trey shooting 15 and a half shots a game John Collins is shooting 14 shots a game I'd like to see uh, Kevin Herter at the, at least at 12 and if not more. Um, Torian Prince has come back and he's been pretty solid. He's not turning the ball over quite as much as he was at the beginning of the season and he's come back to have 11 points um, on just under 50% shooting in his 28 and a half minutes of play per game. DeAndre Bembry is averaging three assists to one turnover in 25 minutes a game and he's really been the Hawks defender and I think one thing you've seen is the defensive the Hawks have be able to have at least one defensive stopper when Bembry is on the floor um, he generally takes the most difficult as- assignment on the perimeter and he is just um, really gets into the offensive player that he's guarding and he anticipates passes really, really well. Um, His shooting has fallen off a little bit from the beginning of the season. Not even a little bit. His shooting's fallen off. But his playmaking on defense, and there are games when he does so well uh, playmaking with the ball on offense. He can get into the lane really at will and make smart passes. And then there are other games where it's like he's been sped up and he can't make the same passes that he was making just a game earlier. So, his consistency is going to have to get a little bit better. It's understandable. Again, his first two years in the league were really injury plagued and um, for him to start getting some consistent playing time and not only just consistent playing time, but starting is huge for him. But I'd like to see him not have it quite as many turnovers. And also he gets to the rim. He has these, what Zach Lowe would call slithery moves that allow him to get into the rim and get right to the basket, and he just doesn't quite finish as well as you'd hope. He's had a couple just massive dunks on this road trip that have been incredible, Um, one especially over Willie Cauley-Stein. But just that consistency, and of course consistency is something you look for with all young players, but especially with DeAndre Bembry, this being his third year, even with his injuries, um, you'd I would really like to see him just uh, slow down, keep being aggressive going to the basket and be a little more um, secure with the ball and not turn it over quite as much. Um, So this road trip has been really encouraging just to see how much the team like could possibly come out with a four and three record on this road trip for a young team to go out on a big trip like that. It can be tough. Um, And of course, especially a team that is under 500 and really not competing for playoffs or anything. But for the young team to 
really stick together and string together a couple of these wins has been very encouraging. Um, Kent Basemore has also come back, and it has been good to see him start to work his way back into the rotation. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if his coming back has anything to do with the upcoming trade deadline. Um, before we talk about the trade deadline, though, I'd like to go into the All-Star Weekend and what of the Hawks are participating in that. Um, the All-Star break is February 15th through 17th, and the Hawks will be very well represented there. Um, both John Collins and Trey are participating in the Rising Stars game, which is a game that is uh, first and second year's players, and the teams are divided up by Team World and Team USA. Um, Trey and John are both on the Team USA team. And last year, this is kind of when the nation really got introduced to John Collins. The Team USA got destroyed, um, and that's t- it's tough to play uh, in this game when actual all-stars are in it. Um, and that'll be, again, the case this year with Ben Simmons being on Team World. But uh, at the end of the game, uh, Donovan Mitchell had a alley-oop to John Collins that was uh, just amazing and, and really kind of, you know, was an exclamation point to his performance in the game and uh, got people talking. So to see how Trey and John do in that game and if they're able to capture um, the nation's uh, attention the same way John did in that first one will be very interesting. Um, John Collins is also reported to be taking part in the dunk contest. He will be going against uh, the New York Knicks' Dennis Smith Jr., um, the Thunders, Hamadou Diallo, and the Hornets, Miles Bridges. Uh, the Hawks have a very rich history of dunk contest winners that include uh, Dominique Wilkins, Spud Webb, and even Josh Smith. Um, so getting John Collins and seeing what him and Vince Carter, who's been labeled his instructor or teacher going into this competition, come up with is going to be very interesting. I would very much expect to see uh, John wearing a throwback jersey, probably of uh, Dominique or Vince Carter, which would be a lot of fun. But this dunk contest should be a lot of fun because all four of these guys are trying to make their name and get some press. Um, and I know that Dennis Smith, after just being traded to the New York Knicks, will be trying to win this. And then the other two guys, Hamadou Diallo and Miles Bridges, probably most of the nation doesn't know. Um so it should be a very good dunk contest. It's going to be very different from the uh, recent dunk contests where Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine have competed and sort of built up a rivalry and, and really pushed the um, dunk contest further than people thought it, would, it could go. But it's really exciting that John Collins is going to be in that contest. Um, Trey Young is also participating in the skills challenge where – uh, usually a couple guards and a couple big men go through a obstacle course with the basketball and see who can complete it the fastest. Um, and right now it's reported that Trey will be competing against uh, De'Aaron Fox from the Kings and Luka Doncic from the Mavericks. So I think the skills challenge will be kind of fun to see Luka and Trey go head-to-head Luke is also going to be in the Rising Stars Challenge, so to see him on Team World and Trey and John on Team USA will be fun as well. 
Um, but it should be a good weekend, and it's very encouraging to have two young players be participating in the weekend and kind of shows you the respect that is there for the young players of the Hawks. Um, usually, if you don't get picked to be in the All-Star game, that time is taken as a break, a little mini vacation, so I don't know what the rest of the Hawks are doing. They're just going to be resting here in Atlanta or if they'll go on a vacation. But to have two of the young guys, especially Trey, where he was drafted, and John Collins continuing to improve from last year, it's just really cool to see that the Hawks are being um, noticed and put into positions to even gain some more notoriety. So finally, in this episode of the Kettlecast, I want to talk about the upcoming trade deadline. Now, the NBA trade deadline is on Thursday, February 7th, and the Hawks have a couple of names that probably you should watch to see uh, what they're going to do. So going forward this season, the Hawks are not trying to make any playoffs or anything like that, but trying to do, to set themselves up to, with their draft pick and also play young players. And some of the players that may not fit that timeline or who may have interest from other teams that are trying to make the playoff are Dwayne Dedman, Torian Prince, Jeremy Lin, and Kent Bazemore. Um, Kent Bazemore is just coming back from that injury, so I don't know how much interest other teams are going to have from for him. But uh, Dwayne Dedman is a perfect modern center. He stretches the floor shooting threes. He gets back and he plays defense. Um, and for any team that's looking to uh, at least get depth for them going into the playoffs, or potentially if they want a starter, Dwayne Dedman could interest them. Now, the cost for any of these guys is going to be very interesting to see what Travis Schlink, the GM, can get for them. Um, all of these names, Deadman, Torian, Jeremy, and Bazemore, have been in rumors around the NBA, and there's been um, talk that different teams are interested in these guys, but it's going to be very interesting to see what Schlink values if he's trying to get more picks draft picks is he trying to get other young players um or is he just willing to trade and take on money that other teams don't want um and generally if you take on money that teams don't want you get a pick or some sort of asset asset for doing that um the hawks as in regards to thinking about a pick the hawks have four picks in next year's draft they have their own pick They have the Dallas Mavericks pick, and they have the Cleveland Cavaliers pick, which will probably not convey next year. And then they have two more uh, second-round picks, and the Hawks are not going to come out of next year's draft with four rookies on the team. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what sort of draft assets uh, are attached to any sort of trades with the Hawks because I doubt they're going to be for this upcoming year and more likely they're going to be for you know years more in the future um we've talked about Deadman. Torian is a young uh three and d player theoretically three and d player his offense has actually been a little ahead of his defense um you know except for this last little road trip really uh Torian hasn't shown a great deal of drive on the defensive end um but he's, he's recently shown a, a recommitment to that side of the ball. And um, to see 
what teams value Torian as and whether teams like Portland um, or the Jazz or, or what team would be thinking about Torian Prince and what they could get for it. It just seems like he's the one you could get the most for since he's still a young player and he, he shoots the ball extremely well um, and is really developed on that side, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I think Schlenk would be happy to continue to have Prince on the team and he still fits the timeline. Um, Baysmore, Deadman, and Lynn. Deadmore, Deadman and Lynn especially just are on expiring deals. And so to see what teams want, a backup point guard or a backup big, um, is just going to be very interesting. And the Hawks are a team to watch. I think it's less than 50% that they actually make a trade. Um, but if there's someone who uh, is aggressive and, and gives them a good young player and or a pick, I think the Hawks are going to listen to that sort of deal. Um, and with the trade that just went down with Kristaps Porzingis going from the Knicks to the Mavericks, I think really any of these trades are possible. Of course, I think most of the NBA is waiting to see what will happen with Anthony Davis after he asked the Pelicans to trade him, and especially after it just came out that there's only about four teams that he will sign an extension with. But um, some of the teams are going to make deals before that when they know that they're not really in the uh, Anthony Davis um, sweepstakes. But that is going to wrap up this episode of the Kettlecast. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Hawks finish up this road trip. I, The Wizards are a team that's slowly been creeping their way back into the playoff picture. And without John Wall, um, Bradley Beal has really taken it upon himself to lead this team. He was rewarded with another all-star um, selection. And having this be the last game before coming back home... You wonder if there's going to be any sort of letdown from the Hawks. But to want to tune in and see, because the brand of basketball the Hawks have been playing, especially over this trip, has been a ton of fun to watch with Trey and John and all the young guys. So um, this has been a very good road trip. Any sort of seven-game road trip could uh, take the team in a positive or negative direction and for them to possibly come out with a winning record on it it would be fantastic and we'll have to wait till the next episode to see how they do thanks so much for listening to the Cattlecast. it means so much to me if you can subscribe and or leave a review that would be fantastic you can always reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com with any questions or concerns And otherwise, go Hawks!